Praise the Lord. Um, I was awake quite a bit in the night, and um, as I often do on Sunday mornings, it was around 2 o'clock, and uh, so I was reading back over through the Gospel of John on the account of um, Jesus' resurrection when he uh, came to talk to his disciples, to show himself, to reveal himself to the disciples, and eventually to uh, Thomas. And so there was a couple of encounters there, and, and I felt led of the, the Lord uh, to yesterday in the last few days to be also studying in the Judges uh, chapter 6, the story of Gideon, and called to be a man of valor, called to a great assignment, and, and yet they found him in a wine press, treading grain, in case the Midianites would come and steal his grain. So there's this, this, there's this Gideon, and, and he has an appearance from the Lord and, and calls him to a ministry, calls him to go deliver the Israelites. <clears throat> and, then I, and, and, and then contrasting that with this, with this scene with Jesus revealing himself to the disciples and then sending them out. And, and, and so I don't know when it was, maybe um, 6 o'clock, I thought, well, I need, just need to close my eyes for a little bit. and So I closed my eyes, and I had a dream. <laughs> and in that dream, I was being asked, um, what, what passion do you have? What, what is it that uh, a passion that you have had, and it's never been fulfilled, but it's really been deep in your heart, and... But you've not, you've been too afraid to even say it. And, but you need to say it. And, and so in my dream, I'm sitting there and I don't even know who it was that was asking me that question. But all of a sudden, a friend of mine that I went to college with, his first name's Keith, he lives in Spokane, Washington. He's a pretty jovial chap. And uh, he came, and all of a sudden he was there. Now I knew it was Keith, and, and he was the one that was going to ask me this question. So, and, and, he, and he says, you know, I have a way of, I have a way of um, uh, making people uh, emotional. You know, and I thought, well, I am not going to get emotional about this. I'm not going to get emotional in my dream. <clears throat> and then he says, so, that's the, so the question is, Nigel, what is it? that you have been real passionate about and you haven't been able to say it or it's not been fulfilled yet or can you say it? And, and, and I was trying to think and as I started to think, all of a sudden, here grand, my grandchildren started to, and I'm telling myself, I'm not going to be emotional, my grandchildren started showing up and my kids and started showing up. And I could feel this emotion welling up that I, there they, there's my grandchildren and my kids and, and I really need to say what it is that maybe I've been too fearful to step out into. And I woke up. So you say, well, why in the, why in the did I share that? I felt like God said share it this morning. 
And as I looked at this passage, I said, that must have, whatever I was reading there with Gideon, and what I'm reading about Jesus appearing with his disciples, Lord, what is it, what is it you want to say to us this morning as a church? What is it about possibly a passion that you have here this morning, or anyone that's listening to these sermons online? What is it that you're passionate about, but you've never been able to say it? Or you've said it, but not really believed it. And you've been too afraid to step out into it. Even just the thought of saying it, you begin to have doubts about it. Doubts that it would even work. Doubts that it would even be possible. Well, I want us to just look at this, uh, this scene, if you will, with, uh, with the disciples and Jesus appearing to them. And if you, if you turn to the Gospel of John, and... You look at verse 19 to begin there. This, is, this, is on, this would be going back to last Sunday, if you will, if we kept in the theme of Easter, when he says, Then the same day of the evening, same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, your translation may say the doors were locked, where, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, that's a critical statement right there. And then when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So so Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So that was last Sunday, if you will. So now we come eight days later. Let's just say it's today because it's Sunday. Verse 24, now Thomas, Thomas called the twin one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came. The doors were shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now that last statement there is us, because we've not seen him. But if we're here and we say, yes, I have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've not seen him, but we've believed. And Jesus said, we're blessed. We're blessed in that regard. But if you'll notice in this statement, 
when he first arrives the week before, each time he arrives, when he says peace to you, that is just a, that is just a normal salutation. They call it a salutation, a normal greeting. Just peace be unto you, peace to you. We could say that to one another, peace be to you. But when he first comes there, the this, this Sunday, uh, the first day of the week, when he says peace be with you, I want to suggest to you that he's saying that right there as the, as, as the disciples were assembled inside a room with the doors locked, they were, doing, they were there and they had the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Could, could we agree that they're probably thinking what we saw happen to our Lord is going to happen to us if we go out into the crowd and we go and expose ourselves as there's his disciples. And the next thing you know, we're going to be the ones being crucified. And so they were inside the room, all assembled together. Apparently Thomas was not there in, this, in, the, in the, the account of John. And Jesus all of a sudden appears. Now some say that he knew how to unlock the door and to come, come in. Others say that he just materialized in the, in the room. He had a new body, a new form, but he was still physically, he'd still eat because he ate fish, he ate bread. But supernaturally, here he comes, he appears in the room, the doors are locked, and there he is, and he says, peace to you. That first peace to you I want to suggest to you is in order to encourage them and to quell their fears. Quell their fears. To calm them from the fear of just things that they might experience in the world currently that they were living in. It was a current situation. Peace be to you right now. And then as he reveals his nail-pierced hands, his nail-pierced feet, his the, 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 the wound he has in his side, they are given assurance and confidence, this is the Lord. He is risen. I believe it. When, G, when James saw it, he was the one that says, my Lord and my God. And so in the sense of that room, doors locked, they're together, Jesus is with them. He is pronouncing to them, peace be unto you. And in a sense for us, for all of us, he wants us to have currently right now in this room, peace unto you. Whatever you're going through, whatever's going on in your life, may you experience the peace of God in your spirit and in your soul. And it's because of the nail-pierced hands, because of the wound in his side, his nail-pierced feet, that he can say, it is finished, it is done, your sin has been dealt with, all the troubles, all the worries. I have bore all that for you. I'm here to show you that it is done. Peace be unto you. He wants to quell your fears. In, a, in some material called The Cloud of Unknowing, um, there's a statement, it's an old statement, this is very old, and you can Google this yourself on page 43. There's this statement, it says, God, unto whom all hearts be open, and unto whom all will speaketh, and unto whom no privy thing is hid, I beseech thee, 
so for to cleanse the intent of mine heart with the unspeakable gift of thy grace, that I may perfectly love thee and worthily praise thee. Amen. A prayer from the heart, a prayer from the heart that receives the peace of God that passes all understanding. He wants us to have that first in the stillness of the night, in the evening when we're alone, in the morning when we wake up, to have the peace. Peace be unto you. And I pray that for us right now. Peace be unto you. Whatever fears you have, whatever concerns you have for today, peace be unto you. But he doesn't stop there. He then, he then says in that, in that verse uh, 21, after showing them the hands of the feet, he says, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's been said that maybe a better translation of that to them is to say, take the Holy Spirit with you when you go. I am sending you. Now, peace be with you when you go, and take the Holy Spirit with you when you go. And you see that right there, and he breathes on them, and they receive, they receive the Holy Spirit. This is a second salutation, if you want to call it that. And it's to prepare their hearts to receive what, he's, what we can call the commission to go out and make disciples, to go out and do the work of the ministry, to go out and do God's work. And when we go, he wants us to have his peace with us so that we can be peacemakers who sow in peace that will reap a harvest of righteousness. You know, in a few weeks, we're going to have the peacemaking seminar. That whole, that whole seminar is not just a uh, uh, some boxes to check off to say, I've gone to the peacemaking seminar, now I can be a peacemaker. It is a heart condition. It is a heart where you know and come to know the Prince of Peace, know that he's your savior, and then when he calls you out to go into the world, out into the, your, your normal world and your normal living, that the peace of God goes with you as you go. That's what he's trying to proclaim here to prepare your hearts to go, to receive the commission he was to give them. Now, it happened to be that uh, also this morning as I was uh, reading that I got on my phone and, and uh, you know, I don't know, many of you have the, the Bible app, Right? You have different Bible apps, I know. Uh, the one I have, they had a 12-day a uh, sample of a plan that you can go through with a gal by the name of Christine Kane. Now, I don't know if you know Christine Kane, but she's Australian. And if you go to Wiki Wikipedia, she's listed as an activist. She's listed as an evangelist. She's written many books for women especially. And uh, she, she has a, a, a ministry for women. And in, tw in 2008, 
she started a ministry called the A21 Campaign. And it was to combat human trafficking. Because she was an adopted child, raised, raised by adopted parents, and then she had a real heart for human trafficking. And her and her husband, uh, who's also Australian, his name's Nick, they started this ministry to combat human trafficking. Now that, to them, was a ministry that God called them to. In order to do that, they have to go with the strength and peace and power of the Holy Spirit to combat that kind of evil thing that's going on all across the world. Now there's, there's, there's uh, places all across the world they have now um, this ministry operating. Did you imagine when, when, when the idea of starting that, do you think she had a little bit of fear, trepidation? Do you think the peace of God was just guarding the heart? Or did she have to really understand God's in this, God's calling to me in, into this, and when I go, I'm going to go with the peace of God? I encourage you to just look up just that one lady. This, this uh, ministry that, that, that's on the Bible app is called Unstoppable. And it's, t- it's, it's 12 days to run in the race you were born to win. Now, I don't normally look at those things, but as I looked at that, I thought, there's a race There's a race that I want to win for the Lord. There is a passion that God has called me to preach this gospel, to proclaim Christ. He gave me that vision when I was, when I was a young boy, when I was 11 years of age, a clear vision. There is a green hill far away without a city wall. When I sang that song as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old boy, I had that vision of Christ on the cross. I just didn't jump out right and do it. Then I was an angry kid. I rebelled against it. And then there's times when I go to go out and and, uh, minister the the word of God that I get very nervous. And, um, and And I hear voices in my head saying, you know, who are you? What are you? What do you, who do you think you are? What do you think you're going to do? You're going to fail? You're going to fall on your face? And I'm no different, and you're no different than me. I know, I know, because, you know, we battle some of the same things. Some of us are a little stronger than others. Some of us are a little weaker, and we're to love one another and help one another along. But I know what gives me the greater confidence and the peace that is beyond all understanding and the peace that is unto me is when I have a great assurance of who Christ is. And then when I have a great assurance that Christ is sending me, the Holy Spirit is sending me, he's breathed on me, and I go and I share the gospel. You know, we talked this morning, we prayed this morning that Tim is going to speak at his uncle's service. We heard the instructions that, that the family had given. Well, I tell you what, and Jesus is here saying, he stands in the midst of us and says, peace be unto you. Yes, he does. He says that. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. See, Tim's not going to go to that service. He, he didn't come on Friday to do a service for Marie without being sent. Without, without seeking God, without having assurance in the, in the darkness of the night and in the middle of the night, in the middle of the morning and going to sleep at night, in the evening, that God is with him and the peace of God is going to guard his heart and his mind in Christ Jesus 
And that same peace is going to go with Tim on Tuesday. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. And he will give you the words to speak. When you need the words to speak, and he, he, he will uh, have the, the grace will be in there, and the, the right words will be there. And remember, the gospel can be preached in its principles without the words directly quoted from the word of God, believe it or not. Because it will stir in your heart and you speak it as he gives it. And when you speak it with a peace that's beyond all understanding, you're not pushing your agenda, you're proclaiming a truth that, that will not return void. Twelve days running a race. When I saw that, I thought to myself, when I saw Christine, I, I've listened to her speak. I mean, uh, she is a sprinter. And uh, I don't like running. My daughter Catherine uh, and my son Daniel have, have described uh, us, the Probert family, as that we're not runners because we're like, built like tanks. You know, our body, our bones are heavy. Uh, we don't float. Uh, in water, we sink. And uh, so when she says we're going to sprint, I'm like, I'm 64 years of age. I don't, I'm not looking forward to sprinting, and I don't look at the Christian faith now as a sprint. I look at it as a, as a, as a marathon, and I'm open. I can get to the end. But when you're young, you sprint. But you need to go with the peace of God too. Because when you run, when you run, whether it's sprinting or jogging, and you have that peace breathed into you, and you have that Holy Spirit breathed into you, you actually breathe better, your heart works better, your body works more efficiently because you're not under stress. Because he is guarding you with his peace. When the doors were shut, it said... When the doors were shut. Now, today I wanted to just encourage you too in this. That as we look at this passage, the disciples have yet to begin their ministry. We see that in the book of Acts as the Acts of the Apostles, it begins to unfold. And um, as we start to look, look look, look at our our lives and uh, where God is taking us and what he's going to do, we have to know that we're going to go in his strength and his peace. And it's in John 14, 27, where he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Put your trust in God. Now, going back to that locked door, that locked room, that's where they were. I don't know about you, but I saw in that, in that picture that oftentimes we think that does God, is God is on the outside. You know, in, in Revelation 3.20 when it says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if anyone hears my voice, let me in. And, and, and yet here in this example, he comes through a locked door and he stands in their midst. 
Now, I want to encourage you in that to think about this, and this is just pray about this too. Let be a Berean, go home and study it, and ask the Lord if this would even be true. But I'm convinced that that from what I'm seeing in this word, that I can say Amen to the fact that God can do what He wants to do in a way that He wants to do it, and if if a door is locked to someone's heart, He can step right in there and He can minister to that heart that has locked Him out. I want to suggest that to you. I want to suggest that those children you have that you're trying to pray for, that you want to come to Christ, those friends that you have you're trying to reach, even your own heart, if you feel like you, you know, you're, kind of, you're a little bit afraid of letting God in all the way, Jesus can step right in, reveal his nail-pierced hands, his feet, his side, and say, experience me now. And now receive the peace that is beyond all understanding. Now let me breathe the Holy Spirit into you as your faith increases. And then I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will, the work that I begin in you right here in your heart, I will see it through to completion. I will not fail you. And when you trust in me, you will not fail you're going to run the race you were born to win, born to run, because God is going to be with you. He's going to be with you. Do you believe this? Now, I said I read Didion, and just to even go there is probably just a little bit too much for today. Um, but if, for you to go home and, and look at this, this uh, story of Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 6 and you get into chapter 7 and here you see, I'll just kind of just, just say just briefly just a quick overrun on this but that uh, Israel had sinned, they, they were just rebellious toward God and they were getting uh, smacked and beaten up by the Midianites and, and all those folks and finally, God just raised up a prophet and told him off. And, uh, you know, he, he says uh, that they hadn't listened to him, you know. The prophet ends up saying in verse 10 of that chapter 6, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. He says that. And then, of course, he raises up Gideon. And there's this Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press hiding from the Midianites. And it's interesting that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, that word Gethsemane is like a wine press. It's a similar, similar, like a type of Christ there for, for Gideon. And Gideon's like, who am I? And, and the, Lord, this, the, the, Lord, the angel of the Lord appears and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Well, he wasn't exactly feeling like a mighty man of valor, pressing corn in a wine press, threshing corn in a wine press. But he goes on, and and God had truly raised him up. He had truly called him to do this work. And um, he says that they're going to go, and they're going to attack these Midianites. They're going to defeat them. And he says in verse 16 that they will defeat him as one man. But you don't need 30-some thousand men. You're going to take 300. 
against this, this group that their camels look like grass, like, like, it's like grasshoppers and sand. It's like there's that many grains of sand. This is, this is an unbelievable battle that he's going to face. And eventually, when uh, the, Lord talk, the angel of the Lord talks to Gideon, the Lord says to him, peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord, and he says, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. And of course, you know, for those of you that were in Sunday school classes and you've looked at the story of Gideon, you know that Gideon went out, they blew their trumpets, the, the, the enemy went crazy, they defeated this vast, vast army and uh, with 300 men instead of thousands. Because it, it had to be that it wasn't Israel that could boast about the victory, but the boast had to be that God blessed 300 and defeated thousands. Now, in a sense of fear, where these men are hiding in this room for fear of the Jews, they wasn't they weren't like sand on a seashore. They weren't like grasshoppers swarming on the land, but they were fearful of the few that could have come and crucified and crucified them. And Jesus had to show up and say, look, just like Gideon, I am going to be with you. I am the Lord. I am the one that's risen. I did die, but I am risen. I, and I am going to be with you. Peace be with you. Now go and do the work that I've called you to do and go in strength. That's what he wants you to do. Can you have that faith? What is God been speaking to your heart about what he has for you, that you're too afraid to say it. You're too afraid to say it. If you were to say it, you might think people would laugh at you. What is it that is that stirred in your heart? What is the desire of your heart? He says he'll give you the desires of your heart. What is it? What is it that... that that uh, just like, like in my dream with my friend T said, I, I can make people emotional. And, I'm, and I was saying, I'm not going to be emotional until those grandkids started to come that I love so much and they love me. And I wanted to be an example to them. And emotion began to quell up in my heart. But then I woke up. I didn't say it. I'm just asking you this morning. I think there's dreams in your heart. I think there's things that you want. I think there's desires that you've had maybe since you were little. I think there's desires that have been stirring in your heart even in these last several weeks or months. And you're just not confident enough to think that God loves you so much that he would breathe his spirit into you and then take you along that path. Listen, the Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart but the Lord will determine his steps. Give him your vision. Give him your desire. Give him your heart. Give yourself to him. Say, I'm willing to go with you. I will run the race. I will run with you. I know that there is a work, that we are his workmanship and that, that we've been created in Christ Jesus for a work that he has planned for us. What is that? What is the desire of your heart? You're thinking, well, you may be thinking, my desire is not religious, so I'm not going to say it in church. 
My desire, my desire is some, I do have a desire, but I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid to say it. I've failed so many times. I, I've thought it many times, but it's never happened. I want to encourage you in this week, starting today, to be honest with the Lord. And if you need to be like Gideon that says, if you're going to do this, Lord, I'm going to lay a fleece out on the ground. And if that fleece is wet and the, dry, and the ground is dry, I'm going to believe that this is the direction I'm going to go. And then you may be like Gideon that gets up and, and finds the, the fleece and is soaking wet. And you wring it out. And you say, well, Lord, I, I know I saw that now, but I'm I, sorry about this, but I need to ask you to do something again uh, tomorrow. Can you do this again? Can you make the ground wet and the fleece dry? Could, could, could then, then I'll believe you. And he gets up in the morning and the ground's wet, fleece is dry. And he begins to go. And all along the way, God encouraged him. God, God, God says, you go down into that camp and you're going to hear us, them telling, they'll say something that will give you the confidence to know that I am with you. And he and a friend go down in the camp and they listen and the fellow's telling a dream. He saw this bale of hay coming down, tumbling through the camp and rolling over the tents. And that gave Gideon great confidence that God was going to destroy this enemy. He came out and sure enough, they defeated it. Listen, I don't know what your situation is. I don't want to belabor this, but I just have a strong sense that somebody here this morning or somebody that's listening to this, they'll listen to this message sometime down the road has got something in their spirit that they're too afraid, that they've locked away, that they've put inside their heart, that they're unable to speak it. And Jesus is breaking in right now and he's coming and saying, I am the Lord. I died for you. I have a life for you to live and I have peace to give you and I want you to go. And when you go in this thing, you won't be in turmoil with it because you're going to go with my strength, with my leading and my peace breathed into you. That is a wonderful way to live the Christian life. Not in turmoil, but in peace. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give this to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that that you are speaking to each of us. But Lord, I believe there's somebody in particular today that has just been unable to say publicly, to say out loud, either to their spouse or to a friend, to a Christian brother or sister, this is what's locked in my heart. And I'm fearful to even say it. I'm fearful of what the world would think. And I pray in the name of Jesus that for you that's thinking that, that right now you'll see the Lord before you with his nail-pierced hands held out and his side and his feet saying, I died for you and I have a life for you to live. Peace be unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.